You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, Don't be a fool. I pity the fool. that uh, especially if they're a business owner, uh, April Fools, this is not a joke, but uh, April 1st penalties do begin for business owners uh, in the segment of 50 or more full-time equivalents. And there's this interesting thing called the uh, AIR up there, or the Affordable Care Act Information Report. And we're going to spend some time at the end of the end of the program going over that a little bit more in detail. Uh, but it, it sets things up for our caller. We've got Patricia here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Uh, there's some penalties uh, coming out, uh, especially with tax season. Remember, the individual mandate of the Affordable Care Act uh, has come down the line. And uh, Patricia had a question at, here on 402-342-1290. Good, uh, good afternoon, Patricia. How's it going? Uh, good. Um, I had a question about uh, the fact that... Uh, Currently, I have no insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also am unemployed and have been for the past year. Um, I uh, saw that I'm going to get a penalty because I have no insurance, and I wondered if at this late date, if I signed up for Medicaid, if I was even eligible, if that would cancel out that penalty. Right now, I get about $8,000 total just in dividends and interest from my savings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as an income. I think that's that's one strategy. Have you checked in into that? If you qualify for Medicaid, uh, that that could help solve that problem. The other option that you might be able to mm-hmm. to get is uh, it's called a qualified exemption. Uh-huh. Uh, there are several exemptions um, in the Affordable Care Act, uh, and they've actually uh, become uh, quite, uh, I guess you could say, uh, friendly. Not friendly, but uh, there are more options than one might think. And so uh, we're going to get a list of qualified exemptions. Can you pull that up, Alan? And uh, as we're, we're talking, we'll try and uh, give you an, an idea where you can, can research that. So uh, to address your question, uh, I would look uh, probably into Medicaid, number one, but then number two, if you can't get that in. Our state did not expand Medicaid, so that uh, might be a challenge mm-hmm. uh, depending on, on where you are. Yeah, I'm, but, in, I'm in Nebraska. Okay, okay. And so if you go to healthcare.gov, they have a whole list of qualified exemptions. Uh, they're called hardship exemptions. Okay. Uh, Alan, what you got them in front of you. What does it say yep. here? So uh, there's a group of, no, there's a number of uh, exemptions. The first one would be income-related exemptions. So uh, the lowest price coverage available to you through the marketplace would cost more than 8.5% of your income. Uh, you don't have to file a tax return because your income is below the level that requires you to file. Uh, there's also hardship exemptions. Uh, and there's a whole host of different type of hardship exemptions that are covered under that uh, uh, list. Homeless, evicted, shut off notice from utility company, domestic violence, death of a family member, filed for bankruptcy, you had medical expenses you can't afford to pay for, uh, you experienced unincreased ex- uh, increases in necessary expenses, uh, you know, there you were determined ineligible for Medicaid because your state didn't expand Medicaid. So that the might Affordable be an exemption Act. right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be the one. Um, your individual marketplace was canceled after June twenty, uh, June thirtieth of twenty thirteen. Um, there's a whole host of ways around uh, that. There's health coverage related exemptions. There's group membership exemptions. There's uh, other types of exemptions. Religious exemptions. 
Yep, religious exemptions. If you're incarcerated, you're a U.S. citizen living abroad. Um, so I guess that would be our suggestion: is um, healthcare.gov, healthcare.gov, and look for or just Google uh, healthcare.gov qualified exemptions. Or yeah, a, it's healthcare.gov/health-coverage-exemptions, where you can go and it will list all of the different type of exemptions that you would that would be covered under your your situation. Okay, thank right. you so much. All right, thanks for You're calling welcome. Patricia. Have a good one. Thanks. So so to get out of another uh, to get out of a, one, of the, one of the new ACA fines, you've got to go to jail uh, <laughs> or change your religion. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> yeah. where's the drum, you know? That's true like um and they they're changing these I think in the future and I know um, for example special enrollment periods too like if you moved I believe you could even get into a special enrollment system, and people were gaming the system in that they would really they would yeah no imagine that happening right, you know, but to your point, Trent, I mean that this is the season P- penalties are really starting to uh, come in, and I and I think we've had this discussion before. People say that they want to pay the penalty, <laughs> but they get absolutely nothing in return for it, and they're going to hate to have to write that check. Well, yeah, they they were there was the vid- the uh, the picture. Of the guy who said, you know, I could have paid fifteen hundred dollars a month, but instead I got a twenty three hundred dollar fine uh, from the IRS for not having insurance. So, you know, it's two percent of your income, or six hundred ninety five dollars, and nine times out of ten, it's going to be that two percent because it's the greater because the greater of. Mm-hmm. But, but and that cost is just premium cost, right? Because right. we're not talking about the deductible that you're going right. to have. So I right. mean, you actually get into it, and you're like, "Oh, I have health insurance now." And then you go to the doctor, and they send you a bill, and you're responsible for everything. Right? Um, yeah. So if you're on, if if you don't have a lot of income, uh, your cost didn't go down. No, you, they've went up. Just the deductible alone. I mean, we we're seeing ten, twelve, twenty thousand dollars deductibles now. There are out-of-pocket uh, maximum protections in the in the law, but they uh, go up every year, and it's tied to, to some number, CPI plus something, I believe. Right. Uh, which is what the Consumer Population Index. Consumer Price Index. Consumer Price Index. And they, they um, this year, I believe the out-of-pocket maximum was like 6200 for an individual and around 10000 12000 12, for family. Well, that number's going up next year, and I just saw it's going to be $7,100. For individuals, so we're going to see now people having to come with seven thousand dollars of of exposure before those benefits really kick in. Well, and if you're lucky enough to have a, a low deductible plan today, uh, that's going to change. Yeah. Right. Well, just think about this: the, the, the you know you've got the health reimbursement uh, plans that have been deemed Ill, illegal by the federal government, and they charge a hundred dollars a day uh, per employee for fining if you have those type of plans. Uh, you know. The days of the two hundred and fifty dollar deductible to Trent's comment are over, man. You're not going to find them, and if you do, they're called Cadillac plans, and your company or your insurance company will be fined for that. Interesting point on Cadillac tax. I saw a headline this week: Obamacare's Cadillac tax will hit Chevy class families the hardest, according to a study. Uh, Jonathan Gruber, oh, remember that guy? <laughs> Can we find some Jonathan Gruber uh, highlights? Do you remember that on Obamacare? Uh, uh, what we're seeing, and I'm seeing this um, happening right now, lots of employers, big employers, employers of choice, are going to be threatened uh, by this Cadillac tax now in 2020. It was going to be in 2018. 
and when it kicks in, it's going to impose a huge non-deductible 40% surcharge on premiums above 10800 for individuals or 29100 for a family. Good luck finding a plan for with premiums under that. Mm-hmm. So in, in, a new study found that those with incomes between thirty-eight dollars and $100,000 will bear the brunt of the Cadillac tax. So yet another um, people saying, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, and all these problems, and, and, and we really didn't talk about it in 2010 when we were implementing this, uh, is we're, we're adding... We're adding bureaucracy on top of bureaucracy. So problems people were talking about were created because of bureaucracies put into place in in the forties. Really, um, tying you know health insurance to to employers was was something that came back to bite us, and we really kept that. So you know instead of having uh, catastrophic plans that could go across state lines, which is what we needed, you know the government outlawed them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So you got some highlights here. Okay, just like the people, transparent, lack of transparency is a huge political advantage. And basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever, but basically that was really, really critical to getting the thing to pass. And, you know, it's the second best argument. Look, I wish Mark was right, we can make it all transparent, but I'd rather have this law than not. So it's kind of like his reporter story. You know, yeah, there's things I wish I could change, but I'd rather have this law than not. So this was one of the lead people that put the foundation of the ACA together and you remember that highlight? <laughs> oh, it just shows what he and... thinks of American people. You're stupid, and we don't care about it. Yeah, him. we don't care if you're what you want. We're going to give you, and we're going to shove it down your throat, whether you want it or not. Well, that's because they're smarter than us. Oh, yeah, that's Washington D.C. talk, man. <laughs> so, anyways, Drew, he was the, he was calling it. Uh, he said, quoting this article, calling it a tax on insurance plans rather than a tax on people. Well, you know, it's a tax on people who hold those insurance plans. I mean, these guys uh, don't really care. And you wonder why, um, you know, we, uh, you know, how much in debt are we? Is it $19 trillion. $19 trillion? We're going to break that down. $19 trillion is right. Well, and we were at $9.5 trillion in 2008. So we're at $9.5 trillion in 2008. We're at $19 trillion today. So they spent more money in the last eight years than up to that point? Yep. Is that... Interesting. 402-342-1290. Oh, you've got the U.S. debt clock. $19.1 trillion. Oh, my number was outdated from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, the interest payment uh, on our federal debt is is closing in on being the third largest expenditure of our government. Uh, just thought you should know about that. When we come back, Adam Matar going to be joining us. Adam is uh, principal of Matar Pacific. We're going to be talking about uh, some issues of like, what if we did deregulate healthcare a little bit? What would that look like? And actually, there's several examples of this happening already uh, that you might already be aware of. We'll be right back. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Everything. 